Hi, my name is Professor Jonathan Wilson and I am based in London. I am a professor of brand strategy and culture. And prior to that, I started my career working in advertising in the late 90s in London, back when you could smoke in the office, you didn't have a computer on your desk, and it was kind of mad men. You don't look that old, but thank you, thank you for joining me today. I'm old enough. I, it's funny because I have to remind some people, like I'm, I'm older than Obama was when he became president. I'm older than David Cameron and Tony Blair when they became prime minister. But I guess life has been good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, thank you so much uh, for, for joining me today. I wanted to ask you, you, you there's this whole idea of, um, you know, here in North America, you know, very, I guess, recently we've been uh, going back and forth and debating in the whole marketing and advertising space on how we continue or really start to include, um, you know, different races and different types of people, uh, you know, rather than, you know, what is predominantly shown on commercials and billboards, it's the same type of person. Um, you know, we all know that that consumers are different. So my question to you is, why has it taken so long for, for marketers, brand marketers to sort of realize that and not be scared to include different shades and, and different types of people in their in their campaigns? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I guess I, I think in two ways. And, and one way is that if you look historically at advertising and you're looking for evidence and artifacts of this occurring, then you will find them. It's like, you know, especially now that we're all binge watching movies on Netflix. And yeah. I was looking at that, that um, I think it was on Amazon Prime, is it One Night in Miami where you've got Muhammad Ali, you've got Malcolm X, you know, you've got, you know, it's, it's interesting to see these icons at that time mm -hmm. and what they meant to society and, and the influence that they had and the sway. And I do that because it'd be easy to think, you know, if you are of a certain generation or in a certain space that, things have never happened before. But the more that you look, you find out that things have happened before, but they've just gone off the radar. Or, you know, you look at some business magazines, and if I was to kind of be slightly cheeky, you could say that the same story comes out about the same time every year. So if we mm. look at around about April, May time for the Muslim community, it's going to be the month of fasting in Ramadan. And you're going to see all of those articles saying, hey, it's Ramadan and Muslims fast. And do you know that they can't drink water during daylight hours? And you're like, what? <laughs> I saw that like every year for the past decade or so. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a surprise. It's like, we didn't know. And you think, how didn't you know? But then having said that, though, you know, on the other side, yet yeah, there has been a seismic shift, you know, last year with Black Lives Matter. And there was this mm -hmm. outpouring where suddenly... I was in fashion, right? Suddenly, Afros are hmm. all over the place. And people are like, hey, John, you're kind of fashionable. It's like, well, I kind of had an Afro for most of my life, right? But I see billboards with these delicious Afros, men, women, young kids, mixed race families, you know, yeah. this kind of exotic peculiarity when I think, look, that was my reality for decades. And, and it, it's kind of gone unnoticed. And then suddenly you see Hollywood celebrities who have spent some of their career passing, taking on roles where they've had to suppress their cultural heritage or ethnicity, now celebrating it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they look a little bit darker on the film. Who knows? 
I wouldn't like to say what they're doing. But I think that, yeah, that there has been a kind of watershed moment where people have thought, okay, we are going to look more seriously at this. And, and the first wave of that is through advertising, right? Through above the line um, mm. commercials. It's debatable whether that's going to filter through throughout the industry where we're going to see a change in how people are recruited and where responsibilities lie and who is in power and stuff like that but you know what we can see though is there are lots of photographs and adverts and there are a few more keynote speakers right who look yeah. beautiful on posters and they're championing this notion that you know the world is ready for change and of course there are a few brands like uncle ben's rice and mm -hmm. i think about you know all of those historical brands like robinson's um marmalade which had the gollywog and there are more companies saying okay yeah we understand that we've been culturally insensitive and we're going to draw a line in the sand and make a change yeah. and in london you know it's it's kind of funny it reminds me of the artist prince because you've got uh cass university london cass business school which now is going to drop the name cass so it's city university london business school formerly known as cass and that's because if you look at sir john cass and his history he's kind of been heavily involved in the slave trade right but hmm. you think to yourself you didn't know this right <laughs> you did know this and yeah. you did take that money and i think now everyone is kind of scrambling to work out okay how do we do this do we pull down all the statues do we have all of these it reminds me of uh you know when we, when we saw um the the war in iraq and there was this iconic moment where the statue got pulled down. Yeah. And we have the same thing in Bristol, in England, and, and people are afraid that we're going to pull down all the statues because if you start to do the history, you realize this is complicated. And I'm not saying pull down all the statues, but what I am saying is we do need to be smart about this and we do need a clear head and, and just to avoid some of these slightly toxic discussions of like, you know, where council culture goes too far or where mm -hmm. the far right, you know, rear their ugly head and just think, how are we actually going to solve this problem, you know, in a clever way? And, and some of the things that we need to focus on are just representation within industry, but not just to tick boxes, not just because suddenly we realize there's a brown man in the office and we're going to ask him about Diwali and Eid and all, all and Rosh Hashanah and any other kind of exotic uh, religious celebration that we can think about, but actually hire experts and also be careful about going the other way and making a mistake and, and just looking at those attributes that are now being identified, especially when you scroll through social media. And, and by that, what I mean is that now that we've all got profile photographs, we're on LinkedIn and people have names which kind of link them to a certain geography, it would be a mistake to assume that there are people who don't have those names or don't look that way um, and that they don't understand actually how things are because for example if i took my father you know he is a blue-eyed white man so mm. but on social media he just looks like hey, another scottish guy right he's another wilson and i could imagine that if he was active on social media it might be easy for people to jump down his throat and say but you don't know about black people <laughs> and and you'd have sure. to say well 
he kind of does know about black people because, you know, he married a Caribbean lady in the 70s and knows what it's like to walk down the road with, with kids that don't look like you. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want people to be frightened off in thinking that, you know, if you are in mixed relationships, you've got children, you've got grandchildren, that you've been on holiday in different countries, there's a real risk that with this watershed moment that, that we lose something that was actually happening, which was globally, we are becoming more connected and more understanding. It's just that it's not directly reflected in some of the corporate practices, their marketing, their advertising, and the and the senior decision-making roles. Yeah. Um, I had a question, but I think you've answered it in terms of, you know, why is why, you know, why is it important for brands to to recognize that the marketplace is more than just white and blue-eyed? Uh, but I think you sort of, you know, you've answered that. I mean, kind of, I mean, I'd say, yeah, of course, there's an ethical and a moral imperative, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. You know, we are human beings, so we we have to have (laughs) ethics and morality somewhere in our existence, right? Um, But also, you know, you could talk about cancel culture and the fact that that quite quickly companies are having to grow up and fix up and face Mm. up to this reality. But also, you know, if I want to be blunt, some of it is about money and selfishness. You know, if you want to have a Hmm. business in the future, it's smart money to start considering these massive populations around the world, emerging economies, young demographics that are affluent, intellectual, and willing to spend. Interesting. So is it, you know, when uh, here in North America, uh, when it was, uh, you know, when it came out that Colin Kaepernick had been paid by Nike, uh, while he was out and he was donating this money and he was speaking about issues. I don't know if that name, sorry, rings a bell. Yeah, it uh, does, yeah. To you. Okay, He's good, an Afro. Afro, okay. <laughs> Afro recognizes Afro. All right. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because the, the, then the conversation came about, um, should brands pick a side? You know, yes. should they pick? Yeah, okay. Yes, and, I think so. And in in Nike's case, um, they've been very smart because, yes, they lost some of their um, audience. And yes, we we heard about people destroying sneakers and putting them outside their door. But in terms of credibility, street cred, um, uh, a particular audience that felt grateful that they were being, um, you know, supported, recognized and celebrated, then they increased their spend. But also, if you want to look globally, what does the world look like mm. outside of North America? That's a clear message to other parts of the world, Africa, Middle East, Asia, that perhaps have kind of been sensitive to the nature of kind of, you know, foreign policy or, you know, I remember, you know, and it, it goes through waves, right? But, you know, whether there's anti-Americanism and some brands escape that, like if you're Apple and you said that you're made in California, it's for a reason. You don't say you're the good old American brand because perhaps it wouldn't sell as well as made in California. And so I think Nike was smart about that. And also, um, you know, they, they've had their own problems uh, at HQ with regards um, gender issues and sexism. Um, it, it would be a mistake to think that, you know, that this organization is perfect, but there are lots of organizations that have these problems. And so that definitely kept that off the front page. <laughs> And, and so when brands are looking to get out into the marketplace, uh, to want to be on the, on, on the right side of history, uh, to want to ensure that their values 
uh, are progressive, are there certain things that they should avoid or certain pitfalls or mistakes that they want to make sure that, you know, obviously they don't want to make any mistakes, but are there certain things that you think they should be cognizant of as they start getting out into the marketplace with these ideas? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Because I guess, you know, the golden rule is don't come out of your lane, right? Don't come out of your comfort zone. But you might then say, aha, but we want you to come out of your comfort zone because we want to see change. But just be really careful. So, you know, if you want to change your lane, think about the stuff that you have on board to help you on that journey. And it can't be a knee-jerk reaction. It's going to take time. Uh, and sometimes, you know, perversely, I'd say, if, if you don't know what to say, then say nothing. Okay. <laughs> it, might, it might be, but say nothing and watch and learn. Hmm. Don't say nothing forever. But, but you know, if you're not quite sure what to say, then, then sometimes, you know, saying nothing is, is a good idea. So avoid tokenism. Avoid trying to see this as a tick box exercise and attempting to tick as many boxes at the same time, right? So don't think, great, we've got like um, a Muslim apostate, trans, Afro, African-American, female, all in one package. Yeah. That's who we should lead an advert with. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying that that's not going to solve the problem of inclusion and diversity in a variety of communities, right? Mm -hmm. So avoid tokenism, hire experts. Yeah, you can't afford to employ them full time, pick their brains and hire them from time to time. Um, be also sensitive about your corporate culture, because it might be the case that you haven't had an environment that's allowed these ideas to flourish. So even if your workforce is diverse, and I've worked in organizations like that in advertising, where people might have been afraid to say, well, I don't know if that's cool, because they thought that it might affect their employment right? Or they might get shouted down. So some people have just kept their heads down from minority communities, or they've been asked their opinion. And they they said what they thought people wanted to hear, right? So be sensitive to the fact that you might, uh, might not have the right culture. Um, one campaign isn't going to make a change. So you've got to be in for the long game. And just ignore that vocal minority that you're going to attract who are going to oppose the change, and they're going to sling mud. Don't bail out halfway. Because once you've gone on that journey, you know, the worst thing that you could do is then backtrack. Because whatever goodwill um, and respect that you built up, it's just going to evaporate. So I would say, you know, to sum all of those things up, just think, if these people were your friends, how do you think they'd want you to act? So if you're going to have certain people in your adverts, you can have people in your organization, you're targeting particular communities, see them as your friends. Mm. And just step behind, you know, some of these metrics and, and you know, models that you might use and, and the numbers and the figures and just take a step back and think, okay, I want these people to be my friends. How do I do that? And that doesn't mean that you've got to be exactly like them. But you have to be credible, you have to be sincere, you have to be trustworthy. And, and, that's kind of really important. Uh, all the things that that we that you know we learn as we're uh, marketing. Yeah, and you can't say that. You can't say, "Trust me, I'm humble." <laughs> Trust me, I'm sincere. I sincerely hope that you enjoy my humble contribution. Yeah. Or you know, I really like South Asian people. I had a curry the other day. Okay. <laughs> like, what sort of curry did you have? Did you use your hands? 
<laughs> yeah. Did you order it in Punjabi? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, like, or did you cut your naan with your knife and fork? I'm not saying oh, that's boy. wrong. But, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, just be careful. Like, and that's where I think friendship is really important because we've all had cringeworthy moments where we tried to make friends and then somebody pulled us to one side afterwards and said, dude, that was so cringeworthy. Probably because you haven't had enough experience or exposure to those communities. So if you don't have any South Asian or Desi friends, right, and you don't realize how cheesy and just horrible that sounds by saying, oh, I had a curry the other day. And 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 you and you're surprised when when perhaps just to front it out, somebody says, I don't like curry, I don't like curry. And they go, Really? I thought that you would like curry, but does your mum cook curry? And you're like, <laughs> And they're just saying that because they don't want you to see them as just being a curry-eating Asian, right? They're yeah. American, or they're British, or they're French. There's more to me than the food I eat. Exactly. Uh, All of those things, curry, like, you know, somebody fist-bumping you because you're Caribbean, and people going, yeah, man, cool. Like, oh, like and, and some of that is maybe unconscious, or it's kind of like... It's like a form of Tourette's, right? It's like, what's in your head? But sometimes what's in your head is not meant That's to right. be said. <laughs> Just remember uh, that. Professor John, you wrote a book a couple of years ago uh, called Halal Branding. Yeah. Um, yep. Very quickly, um, why that book and why, why was it important for you to write that? Um, it was the book that people kept telling me to write and I kept putting off because... Um, I wanted to write a book on branding full stop, right? But there are lots of books on branding. And along my travels, speaking at conferences, publishing research papers, I have been tackling branding in the context of the Muslim world, Muslim majority minority countries, and just where I think there are gaps in kind of thinking and practice. And so people kind of said, you know what, John, it's about time that you wrote that book. And, 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 put it all in one book that you can put on somebody's shelf and so then the next challenge was how do I write such a book and from my perspective I wanted to regardless of wherever you're from get people to think differently it's not a book for Muslims and it's not a book for non-Muslims it's a book for anybody basically I know that sounds like ridiculous but but I did write that with those thoughts in mind that if I'm going to write this book for non-Muslims how would they understand Muslims and Islam and branding and all of those things put together? And at the same time, if it's for non-Muslims and you're a Muslim reader, how do I avoid you thinking, yeah, I know all of that? So I kind of went on a journey. And, and really, on the other side, it was also to write something that was kind of feel good in the sense that often when we read about the Muslim community, we, we hear these words, like the T word that I'm not going to mention, right? Um, but all of these things where it's doom and gloom, they cause problems, they're not happy, or, you know, uh, are we religious anymore? And it was mm. just to try and take a fresh look and to think, okay, from a business and a kind of sociocultural perspective, how can I present this community and these arguments? And also, I think linked to that was, you know, I was inspired by when I would read about other books where somebody would say, oh, this is the Japanese approach to management. And we learn these words like Kaizen and, and everyone thinks, oh, that's really good. Or Chinese ways of networking. Huh. And, and you hear about Guangxi and, and all of these sorts of things, right? I wanted to think, okay, has the Muslim world done enough in the business community of demonstrating their contributions? And that isn't just, oh, 
Islamic finance and and zero interest uh, bank accounts. It's actually looking back historically and thinking, what are some of the things that helped the Islamic worlds to advance from Korea to Hungary? And, and you know, some of those practices within business and, and just to start to open up those discussions. And also, you know, I think to, to celebrate uh, people in the Muslim community that I think haven't had enough airtime. So like the book cover Shocking Pink, mm -hmm. uh, I'm unashamedly like celebrating the fact that we've got a young demograph. And, you know, when I was um, designing the book cover, because I designed it with, with my team, um, I was actually in a cafe in Kuala Lumpur and I was with my designer and we were like kind of, we had a, a number of different covers. And I just leaned over to this other table and there was a table of, of three ladies. And I said, look, can I just show you, this is gonna be my book cover, uh, which one do you like? And um, they're like, so you're writing a book on halal branding. What is halal branding? And I said, well, it's, it's kind of like this. They're like, oh, can you brand halal? It's like, of course you can brand halal. And that was interesting because I'm, I'm getting this kind of feedback. And and then the, the cover that they pointed to, they said, oh, I like this one. And yeah, it was a pink cover and it's got my face on the cover, like a load of logos in yeah. my Afro, right? Um, but I'm smiling. And I said, so why do you like uh, this cover? Because actually I didn't want to be on the front cover because I thought I'd much rather have something else or somebody else. But they said, we like that cover because you're smiling and you make religion look friendly mm. and happy. And I was like, okay, cool. You sold it to me. So thanks to those three ladies in Kuala Lumpur in that coffee shop, that was cool. Awesome. So it was kind of, I think there was, there was a feel-good element, but also there's a serious aspect, which is, you know, I think that someone has to champion the Muslim community, but also I want to signal to the business community, there's a massive opportunity there, which is yet to be actualized in the way that I think we could. And it's my calling card. So hit me up and hire me. Professor Jonathan Wilson, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Cheers, thanks very much. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.